Hi, this is Cheryl Thibault, and welcome to the Walk of Life, Passion, Purpose, People. Our special guest today is the wonderful Susan Lanigan, nail tech, lash tech, and now a social media master. She is amazing with her social media. And if you want to know about that, just look at the posts on our Mirage site and on our Spall One site and promoting this book because she has done them all and they're absolutely beautiful. So over the coming weeks, we're going to be joined by a selection of guests and experts in the beauty industry to help promote the launch of the book. The book is called Career in the Beauty Industry, Discover If It's For You. And Susan is a contributor to that book. And today we're talking about her, her chapter, her nail life, her lash life, and what makes her tick and what's her walk of life. So welcome, Susan. Thanks, Cheryl. Pleasant to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited that you you came on board with us. So tell us, it all started with nails. Who is Susan Lanigan? It sure did. Well, Cheryl, uh, in... Well, in 2000, 2001, I became a single parent. My husband and I divorced. I had three young kids at home. And of course, the the thought, as it is for most women in that situation, is what do I do? What now? And my life had been my children. I wanted to be close to my children. So how do you create a life that doesn't keep you away from your home Um, all hours of the day and night. And uh, I had had uh, beauty treatments for years, nails in particular, way back to the days when we all wore pink and white, no matter what. And my nail tech at the time had said to me, I think you'd be a real natural at this. So I did give it some thought. And when we moved back from Regina back to Victoria, I met you and you were my nail tech. And I didn't know at the time that you had this really quite prestigious school in Victoria teaching aesthetics and nail technology. And there are no uh, accidents in life. And that meeting was really serendipitous. And that was what, Cheryl, it's 22 or 20 years ago this year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we so. have a happy anniversary. <laughs> So I um, hopped on board, went full-time with your course, and that was a brick-and-mortar school, which I loved every moment of it. I worked in your spa for a time and then went back out to Sydney because I did find it just a little bit too far away from the kids. And uh, that's where I set up my own little nail studio in my home. I did some um, mobile work, loved my mobile clients sort of specialized with um, a lot of uh, cancer patients and women who were uh, getting treatment for that. So I was able to go to their homes to to do that with them. So that's how it started. And it just sort of uh, went from there. I'm not sure what else you'd like to know. Well, I'm going to pop you some questions. Um, Okay. I want to talk to you about your cancer patients. So Obviously, they, well, not obviously, they must have been going undergoing chemo. So did you do their nails or their lashes? And did you notice um, maybe their lashes were falling out from the chemo? Were their nails brittle? How did you find that? Um, When I started, it was with pedicures. And it was 
um, not only just a therapeutic thing, it was a social thing. So uh, my first client that I had in that realm of things, and then she started talking to friends, was a two-time um, cancer survivor. And she was just really reticent to go into any sort of spas. She knew enough to know that there were a lot of um, uh, places out there that maybe were not up to the standards that they should be. And she trusted me with that. And I would go to her home. Everything was sterilized in, in pouches. She loved that it was just all fresh and all for her. Uh, she would provide all the linens just out of comfort for her, which was fine with me. And her husband would buy her six pedicures for oh. Christmas. Aww. So he would do sort of a package thing. And I would go and see her every uh, six to eight weeks. And we would do that. And then in the course of her treatment, she would talk to other women who wanted these services, but again, were a little afraid of exposure, of cross-contamination, of things not being quite up to par. And that was sort of how I ventured in on that. Uh, that was mostly in terms of nails. Lashes uh, came later in my career. Uh, we did do a bit of... Um, education, I guess, for women that were cancer patients and what happens with that. I have uh, many friends that are cancer survivors have done their lashes and it's a challenge. There's no question about it at all. So you're dealing with very sparse lashes with lashes that don't have great retention that are brittle, that, you know, just, just really fragile. So uh, women who have challenges appreciate time and consideration to do what needs to be done. Yeah, a lot of, I'm just gonna guess that most of mm -hmm. them love the feeling of feeling good after this. Absolutely. Time, because they're going I, through such a struggle on their own, right? They are. And as you would know, there is really something that gives to your heart when they look at their fingers, their toes, their lashes, and they just smile and they just look at you and just smile. They don't even need to say anything because when they leave or when you leave them happier than you were, than they were when you first arrived, that really does a heart good. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm going to backtrack to the beginning. Mm -hmm. It all started with nails. What, what started with nails? How did you, like, we're all born with fingernails. What made Susan decide that she liked artificial nails? Uh, vanity, mostly, I think, probably at a really young age. I think I've had some sort of nail enhancement on my nails for the better part of, well, I, I don't want to date myself here, but we'll talk about maybe 35-ish years. And um, I've just almost always had some type of enhancement. It doesn't matter how pregnant you are, how bad your hair is. If you have nice nails, you feel pretty. You just do. And uh, that was something that I always enjoyed. I enjoyed that time with my, um, my beauty practitioner. Uh, I've always had really wonderful practitioners uh, support me and take care of my fingers up until I started doing them myself. So when I was younger, probably not unlike most little girls who cut their doll's hair and did their makeup and painted their nails, much to my mother's chagrin. <laughs> so that was where that kind of started. And when I would get my nails done, if I had to wait longer than necessary, 
due to scheduling or what have you, I would file that little growth ridge out and paint some clear polish over there. And my technician would always say to me, it's amazing that you don't damage your nails because the stuff I see is terrible. And I think you're a real natural at it. So I took it to heart. And then when I met you and everything sort of fell into place and I needed something to do, I had a little bit of money um, to invest in myself. And so that was what I did. That was the path I chose. And I have never looked back. That's so cool. So in my time interviewing people, almost everyone has said it's the people in the industry that keeps you in the industry and they love that. Do you feel that same way or? Absolutely. Uh, most of my very best friends have come from the beauty industry. The, the people, the men and the women that you meet um, through your career, be that at trade shows or nail camp or even in your spa or salon or in passing, um, you know, there's just this huge connection of a, of a common thread that we just all love the beauty industry. We love making people feel good. We love providing those kinds of services. And um, yeah, I, the, again, you and I, we go back 20 years and uh, I know for, for you, there's some that's even go back even longer. So there's something to be said about the longevity of friendships and that shared passion. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite service or do you have a favorite service to get done and or to offer? I have to admit that probably my two favorite services to have done are facials, which would be number one, because they're just exquisite. Uh, I love having my lashes done and um, my nails. I have done them for years myself because I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that one just because I am meticulous and I like things the way I like them and I just do them myself. But I would have to say uh, facials and anything in the realm of skincare is just really magnificent. And what's your favorite service to offer? I just love doing nails. I, I love it. You can have that eye contact with your client. Lashes are fabulous. There's no question about it. Uh, hopefully there's not a ton of dialogue because I really don't want my client to be chitter chatter when I'm trying to do lashes, but with nails, you really do have that connection and, you know, shared life, shared experiences. You just really develop some really uh, intimate friendships throughout that service. So that would have to be my favorite. I know you have a story in you that you can't wait to share with us. If you want to be a featured guest on the Walk of Life podcast, just go to the show notes and we will get back to you. I know you have um, some friends that own salons and spas too. I do. And they're very close friends of yours still that you've met through the business. So it's definitely a, a business of meeting people. It is. And it's really fun to travel with those people to trade shows. And even if, uh, for example, some of my good friends are estheticians primarily, uh, it's really interesting to go with them. You get a tidbit of education from them, what they're learning, what's new, um, even if you aren't. I've dabbled with aesthetics, but I do maintain with nails uh, and lashes for the most part. Mm -hmm. Well, you do have quite a creative side, so that's probably why. Um, Perhaps, yeah. Facials aren't as much fun as nails, to, I, I can tell you that, but it's just not. <laughs> well, they sure are fun to receive. Yeah, they're for the receiver, yeah, yeah. So did you have a mentor? 
throughout your your career that's kept you going or someone that you you know want to follow and just be like them or anything um well there's no question in my early years and well and even continuing is, is you because we've <laughs> discussed no you how many times have i said to you Cheryl how do you do it how do you continually to reinvent yourself as this industry changes, as your life changes, as demands change. Um, and I've watched you for 20 years um, evolve and, and just continue to grow. And so that was really, I think watching you, Cheryl, was what inspired me to look at other things later in my career when maybe the physical services weren't quite as, well, for the last two years anyways, weren't quite as, uh, prevalent as other things. And so, you know, I didn't sit around and go, well, what would Cheryl do? But I did <laughs> consider the fact that, you know, you have done so many different things and your own career has evolved. And it's just really been something to see and something to admire and understanding that it isn't all roses, that there are bumps and bruises and along the way and, and hard learning curves um, you've been pretty instrumental in demonstrating the diversity of the industry, um, that when you join the industry or you choose to be a part of the industry, it doesn't have to be just nails, just lashes, just this. It can be, absolutely. But as we get older, it gets a little harder on the body. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years now. Um, I'm good. Lashes is a little more challenging for me but nails definitely not, but provided people take care of their bodies and do what they need to do and take their breaks and, you know, stretches and massages and so on and so forth. Uh, this career is really a long lasting career. And there are many, many opportunities, which is what your book is going to demonstrate to people that even once you're in the career, in your career, if something should happen, or you should make a decision to step away from performing services, there are a plethora of other things that you can do in the beauty industry. So that's my piece about that. And no, you did not pay me to say that. I absolutely genuinely, genuinely have sat there and, and watched you for many years evolve to where you are today. And I'm sure it's continuing to go, to go even further. Well, I wasn't expecting that when I asked that question. So thank you. That's extremely humbling for sure. And emotional for sure. So, wow. Thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. I don't, I, I'm lost for words on, on how to say anything more. I want to ask you how important self-care is in this industry, because I know you have had some health challenges yes. and have had to step back from behind the table for a little while, if you want to yep. share a little bit. Yeah. So 10 years ago now, um, through a series of events, I was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis and it's an inflammatory arthritis, primarily of the spine, but it can correct, uh, affect peripheral joints as well. And so I had a really difficult time in the beginning until they got it under control. Uh, so now um, it is a, a manageable disease for the most part but it does create flares, especially when the weather doesn't cooperate in, gosh, let me think now, I guess it was five years ago. Um, I did have quite a significant event with my neck, which is why I've stepped away a little bit from lashes. I haven't 
given up on it by any means. Of course, we're just coming out of this pandemic where we're, you know, a little more free to be closer to clients and so on and so forth. So I certainly have not abandoned that, but it is something that I had to really step back from. I really downscaled uh, my client services and I can honestly say that was honestly from working too much, too long without taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. I would, um, I had a a clientele uh, on the mainland that I would go see, but I would last for 10 hours a day. And this is not something that works for anybody, really. You do need to take those breaks. You do need to schedule in uh, time away. You do need to make time. And if you have to barter services with someone to get a massage, then do it. Um, Because often in this industry, you are self-employed or employed in in a situation where there aren't benefits. Barter with people. Make those those exchanges. Uh, I see it all the time in the industry. And it's super important. And just to take that time out uh, to care for yourself, your body, you've only got one. Yeah. And so it's really, really important that ergonomically you are working with all of the right tools and that if you are feeling some stress in areas of your body, do not ignore them because they will visit you frequently and it won't be fun. And to take a little bit of time off um, prevents you from having to take an extraordinary amount of time off. And that was a mistake that I made that I paid for quite dearly. It was it was quite um quite upsetting. And, uh, but again, we're on the other side of that. It's a lesson learned, but I need to be really mindful now of how I treat my body. Yeah. I know we all think we're superheroes and we all work Mm -hmm. 14 hours a day, seven days a week to fit Mm -hmm. in that extra person because they're going to a party and they broke a nail and, you know, whatever, but it comes at a cost and the cost is us. So self-care is definitely definitely important and trading services highly recommend because I traded for my hair for years I would do Mm -hmm. you know her nails and she would do my hair and we just Mm -hmm. traded and and you know it's a well it's a money saver for one and for two we need to feel good as well as making someone else feel good it's true and it gives you time with other beauty professionals that you sometimes don't get Uh, I know that I traded uh, services for years with a very good friend. I did her nails. She did my lashes. And um, we loved that time together. Just absolutely. You know, we would order dinner and we'd do one service and have a bite to eat, do the other service. And it was just, it was really special time for us. So uh, again, um, and you learn things from other other beauty practitioners. Uh, so it's really important. And bartering and, and making those trades is absolutely the, the best yeah. way to do that, in my opinion. Yeah, I want to mention too, I hope you don't mind, when, when you were going through all of this, you were a single mom. Yes. So that in itself is uh, a hero cookie for most because working that many hours, you also had another job as well as doing this. So you're, you know, the icon in the industry to show you can have a full-time job, do this on the side, be a single mom and raise your family. And it does take its toll for sure, but you persevered through it, came out shining on the other side, supported your children and they're, I've met them all. They're beautiful children and you've you know them fabulous. very well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fabulous job raising them. So how hard was it as a single mom? Let's talk about that. 
Um, I am fortunate that uh, my ex-husband, very hands-on, very supportive, involved father, uh, so that when I wanted to go to trade shows and things of that nature, I never really had any resistance with that. Um, With the kids at home, you know, they knew there were certain days and certain times where no little faces could be around. Um, But I always scheduled things according to their schedule and what they had, you know, the hockey, the gymnastics, uh, the guitar lessons, all of those things came first. They were all the priorities. I always tried to uh, keep that in, in the absolute forefront with that so that I mean, because to be home, but to not be available is also not very helpful. So you, it's really striking that balance that you need to do. And I don't think that I had any issues, although my kids would tell you much like yours, mom worked a lot. Yeah. She was always there, but she worked a lot. And, you know, um, I was just talking earlier with someone and saying the same thing about kids today don't have the work ethic. And your kids do, for sure. They've seen you work. And I know they are all stellar children, hardworking professionals. All they of are. Them. And yeah, know, you've, you've yeah. done well with that. But although I was a single parent, and yes, they were primarily with me, their dad was very involved. And, you know, he also has a very strong work ethic, as does my partner of 18 years. So, you know, they've just always been around people that have worked hard. Um, You know, my youngest has always had a bit of a side hustle, you know, understands, they just, they just understand. And uh, it's just been a really good experience overall. Yeah, well, congratulations for that. What was impossible to you that you overcame? Wow. That's a tough one, Cheryl. Um, well, first of all, I like to think that nothing is impossible. So there's that. Um, challenging, for sure. Impossible, no. Uh, I think probably just managing going back to school, because it was a brick and mortar at the time. Um, managing studies, managing practicums. Because uh, my kids were young. Uh, when I started this, my youngest is 23 now, and it was 20 years ago that I started my beauty career. So they were little. Mm -hmm. So there was, I think, just getting started and making that step and making that commitment. Because let me tell you, I thought about it for a few years before I did it, probably three years while I was in Saskatchewan, mulling over. And at the time, I didn't really need to think about it, but I knew eventually I'd be moving back to BC. And then what was I going to do? So I probably thought about it for three years. And then when I sat down with you, and we discussed your course, and I saw what you had and what was possible. And, and really, again, back to the diversity of what you can do, you can work in a spa, you can work as a mobile technician, you can work for yourself, you can have a little corner in your in your home. There are so many options. And I just knew that no matter what I did, it could change, it could change at any time, I could open a spa if I wanted to. Um, So the hardest thing was just making the decision to do it. And in my years of education as well, I've seen that same hesitation where people 
in their second, third, fourth, sometimes first, a lot of times first career, just don't know if they can do it. Well, you absolutely can. Yeah, absolutely. It's just making that decision. Well, you're a very strong example of that because you did. And, and, you know, you already had a job, so you didn't need to do it. You did it because you enjoyed it for the most part, I'm Absolutely. assuming. And, yes. you know, you've showed that you still can have a family around two jobs. Mm-hmm. You do a good job of it. How do you feel about continuing education? Whew. That's a big one because it actually gives me shivers when you say that because, um, you come out of nail school with a great deal of knowledge, but it's your, it's your foundation. It's your foundation skills and you have to do them. I don't care who you are. Um, you could never convince me that you, that you, uh, that you don't need that foundation. So we come out of beauty school, let it be nail school, lash technology, aesthetics, cosmetology, what have you. Ongoing education is paramount if you want to succeed in this industry. Uh, if you hadn't, for example, done further your education, we'd be still doing square, thicker acrylics, pink and whites. And I mean, look at what we're doing now. Look at some of the things that you've judged and some of the competitions that you've judged. It's outstanding. You didn't come out of nail school learning, having learned that. Mm-hmm. So continuing education, regardless of whether they're specific classes, trade shows are, um, just a haven for classes. And every trade show that I go to, we try to do two to three classes a day and visit the trade show floor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a lot of trade shows will have things before and after. I've been involved with an organization that we created uh, uh, on the island for a, a kind of a beauty collective network where we're really trying to hone in on what education is out there, because sometimes we don't hear about it, especially if you're a a sole practitioner, you might not hear about it. We do things like nail play dates, where a bunch of technicians just get together and share ideas. Like, it's just so important that you keep up on, um, on what's current and what's trending and because your clients want it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very important. Let's talk about education through YouTube. How do you feel about All right. that? <laughs> um, what I can say is there are some incredibly talented global educators that educate on, on YouTube. But what I think people need to remember is that two to 10 minute video is a minute fraction of what it is that you need to know, which is what brings me back to the foundation skills that we all need to know, regardless of what you're doing in the beauty industry. Anybody can go online and look how to apply an an eyelash, which terrifies me, Um, you know, or, or put on some acrylic or, you know, what have you. But so I, I'm often torn because I've looked at YouTube. Absolutely. What is this person doing? This eyelash tech is, um, you know, uh, monumental in, in the world globally. And she has a YouTube channel and I watch what she does, but I have the foundation to be able to look at that and go, right. Brilliant. So it's really about having the, I just keep going back to those foundation skills. You've got to have the foundation skills, not a big fan of learning things on YouTube. We're all guilty of going to YouTube and having a look at it. 
if you have foundation skills, it's a little bit different than somebody who just thinks that they can just go out and do lashes one day. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of theory also behind becoming a technician where, you know, a lot of chemistry is involved. Anatomy is involved, you know, electricity is even involved. Like so many people don't realize the degree of knowledge a nail tech actually has and continues to learn when you're passionate about your career. It's exciting. And Tony Cuccio said, well, you know, when, when you love what you do, you don't work a day of your life, you know, it's absolutely true. Yes, absolutely. And that's why, and I guess I should clarify what I mean when I say foundation skills, when you open your, and we'll just discuss nail tech, when you open your nail tech um, manual, um, and you're looking at the gold standard in front of you, it, it contains all of that information. You're looking at diseases of the skin, diseases of the nail, conditions, uh, contraindications, uh, chemistry. And again, it's, it's not skimmed across by any means, but there's always so much more to learn, which is why we look to people like Doug Shoon and um, other uh, specialist who, you know, whether it's in a medical realm of things or what have you to see what other things are available there. Mm-hmm. But those foundation skills, when I say foundation skills, I'm not talking just the physical application of a product or understanding it. I'm talking about understanding um, anatomy and physiology as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to let our listeners know, because if they're, if they're listening and don't know where you're located, I know you've said the mainland uh, a couple of times. So for all you who are listening, Susan lives on a beautiful island off the mainland of British Columbia. So when she was doing her lashes, she actually had to get on a ferry and uh, go to the mainland. And the ferry is an hour and a half each way. And you've got to get there an hour early and you've got to drive there and wait. So when she says, I just went to the mainland, it's not just going to the mainland. It's no, it's a commitment. It's, a commitment. it's about a, would you say maybe a four hour trek? Yeah, plus one way to get to your yeah to get Mm -hmm. to your destination. Yeah. Um, Yes. So, and again, that situation was uh, a good friend of mine had a condo with the space there. I kept her and her daughter in lashes, and she says you can have my condo when you come over. So, again, there's that sort of trade off when things things like that happen. And I left a um, you know a a set of supplies there, lash bed, so on and so forth. So that you didn't have to pack that part of it back and forth. So I could often just walk over with my, with my case, with my goodies in it. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it is a bit of a commitment and and good for you for making that commitment to them. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, going and seeing your friends is always fun too. It's Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. added to this business. So Susan, um, as you've heard, she was my student and one of my favorites forever. And that was, I guess, 20 years ago, who knew, who knew that that time would go that fast. That's hard to imagine. And when you say your youngest is 23, wow, I've known him (laughs) since being a toddler. Yep. Wow. So uh, throughout my interviews, we've talked a lot about meeting friends, you know, across your manicure table that you stay with for life and you get to know a lot of them. They know your life, you know, their life. We've been through marriages and divorces and children graduating and babies and grandparents and well, not you grandparent, but me, No. (laughs) you know, you were even at my daughter's wedding. 
Yes, I was. So yeah, there's, uh, there's and the kids <laughs> and the kids came. <laughs> That's a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I want to bring up the fact that when we went to go online, actually, before even that, we, we did a few crazy things together in the industry. We did um, get nailed at home yes. that we were launching and, um, we were all set and ready to go on that. And, and then, you know, my dad passed that same night. So that kind of put a kibosh on that. And maybe one day I'll get it going again. I just, I need to do it, I think, but not yet. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, actually I was going to relaunch it when we had um, COVID started because that was the perfect time to teach people, you know, to do self-care on their own nails until the spas opened up again. And we had a fire in our warehouse and the only, well, it wasn't in, it was, you know, down the street, but the only area that the water damage collapsed was on that entire wing of all of that product line. So I guess that was the universe telling me it's not time to proceed with that yet. So yeah, there have been some- Excuse me, I've got allergies here in my poor nose. (laughs) It is allergy season. No, no, no. But part of that, what I was getting to is um, then we started the online training. Mm -hmm. And um, that again, just came from out of nowhere, I saw the need and and filled it basically because of my injury, and I couldn't work like I used to either, getting back to self care. And um, you came on board with me then as the director of assessments. So you worked hand in hand, well, finger to tip with the students directly. For yes. many, many years, you, you yes, over ten, yeah, a long go. I just, long I will, I will never forget when you were telling me we were sitting down having a cup of coffee, and you said, "Well, I put some feelers out about teaching my course online, and Susan, it's it, people want this." And I remember trying to wrap my head around, like, "How does that work?" And um, it was a flash in the pan moment because it was highly successful. And uh, it was a couple of years after you had started the ball rolling on that. I think that, that I joined. Well, I needed you because I was the lone ranger and I couldn't do it. You sure were. We didn't have smartphones yet. So every time someone would send in, you know, their work, I would have to type out the reply and it's quite difficult to, to do that when you're trying to explain how that's right because we're going back when did when mirage was 2000 and well 07 we went online okay 07 yeah Yeah. and in 012 and 12 we we closed the the school and went 100 percent online so Mm -hmm. we did the the you know we still had the regular school and online until the students became more online and in the school and it was just a no brain decision pretty much but back Mm -hmm. in the day um we had no smartphones we had nothing so we couldn't make videos and we couldn't grow into that and and I know that that's when you came on board I think we had uh, the Blackberry I had a Blackberry yeah had a Blackberry in a little suction cup stand that stuck on the table (laughs) and I remember just going you want me to do what (laughs) yeah and then the smartphones came, which eased up everything and, and made it quite streamlined. And then we got 
a lot of apps and stuff on the computer and, and yeah. And then I invested in, in a lot of my own video, uh, you know, proper stands, proper lighting, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. It came a long way. That's when your kids knew don't go in mom's correcting. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you would have little piles of assignments throughout (laughs) little piles of plastic nails everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. And then you um, started doing some social media. I did. So about three years ago, I started, um, I did a bit of education with, um, I wrote a couple of things down because I thought I'll never remember when you asked. So I'll just look at this. Um, I did start with um, actually as a virtual assistant. So had started doing some things online and the timing was fortuitous. Who knew that we would all need these services a year later. So in 2018, I started doing um, some graphic design courses, some digital content creating courses. So I'm going back maybe three and a half years ago um, and just sort of, I just really was having fun with it, doing a little bit here and there. Um, I've always done a lot of writing and sort of went into copywriting and learned a lot more about that. So there was a lot of blog writing. I do a lot of guest blog writing for, for various, I sort of stay in the realm of the niche of health and wellness and beauty, because those are my areas. I, I feel like I can speak the voice of those industries. Um, and for me, that's important. So then I launched into web design, um, WordPress, and started working with that. So I've just got a whole bunch of stuff uh, that I work with now. So are you actively seeking clients that you can help them with their social media skills? Yeah, depending on what their needs are. I do more of the content creating part rather than um, if there's a particular uh, project, for example, a book launch, then I will have a specific plan of how we will do that. Um, But for the most part, the content creation, people will buy packages and I will just give them all the content for them to post and distribute as they see fit. It's their content they can do with as they like. Um, Specific campaigns, yes. Uh, Just sort of depending on what the need is and how regular that need is. Yeah. Well, your, your, your work is amazing. And well, thank you. I like about what you do is the consistency of, you know, you've, you keep our color scheme, the color branding is super important. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know how I think. And so, you know what I like. So I think it's easy for you to, to, oh, Cheryl would like that. And I always do. I don't think there's ever been a single well, if there's ever any question in my mind, I usually pop it to you and just say, hey, eyeball this and, and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do take some liberties at times. So I need to be sure that I'm okay. not deviating. No, your, your work is amazing. And, and like I said to everyone, you know, just, you know, go on to some of the posts in our Facebook page and, and you know, our Instagram and wherever else you, you post for me. So I don't even yeah. know what you do because I don't want to know <laughs> what I wanted. It's just not what you need to be focusing no, on. I have no. enough to focus on. So you you've just been great with that. So well, thank that. you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that um, you want to say that we haven't touched on or that you feel 
that you would like to share? Well, I always, I always stress upon, and I think it comes from the 10 years of talking with a variety of students from high school students or students that are just coming out of high school to women in their 30s, 40s, 50s that are branching out again, that really, they just don't know whether or not they can do the beauty industry or they can do this or manage that. What I have learned is the diversity of a career in beauty is enormous. There are so many avenues that you can go into. Um, You know, even if you're starting, for me, it was with nails. And I have gone through and looked at other things and done other courses and uh, provided services, some I don't care for. And well, I shouldn't really say that. There are really none that I don't care for, but there are some that I favor for sure. There's just a huge diversity within the industry itself. And it is not just about providing a service. It is so much more than that, Um, especially uh, today with more of us having issues with mental health than, than ever before. To do a little something for yourself is so important. So whether you are Um, having a beauty service done or providing a beauty service, it really does something for you. It really creates good juju. You feel good about what you're doing. Um, And I just can't impress that enough. And even, so it's interesting, you should say, yes, I have been doing these other, these other ventures, but I miss that hand to hand. There's no question about it. So I kind of tossed around well you know I've relocated in the last year and you know do I want to do that again well maybe I do and you know it's it's uh it's a real draw and once you're in you're in it's yeah yeah it it, we're lifers it consumes you pretty much right yeah yeah, there's so much it's lovely Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we've got 400 years of lovely in the book. So, and 17 contributors. So that just shows diversity right there. We've got 17 different jobs just in one book, you know. Absolutely. And we didn't touch on them all. We we didn't touch on them all. So there is so much you can do. And um, I'm going to assume that you would recommend this career to someone. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 in saying that, um, again, education is hugely important and those foundations are vital and to get them from a properly accredited vetted, um, institution is absolutely paramount. I will never deviate from that. Mm -hmm. Um, there are other ways of doing it, of course, but I'm big on really solid, solid education. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Susan. Well, thank um, you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. And, and your chapter is, is in the book and ready to go. And, and I'm excited to get a little book in your hands. So I can't wait. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks again. And thank you. If you want any more information on Susan, on our books, on anything, you can just go to our website, which is misscheryl.com. M-I-S-S-C-H-E-R-Y-L dot com and we'll also have the information in the show notes so if you want to access Susan and you know maybe she can help you with any of any of your skills that she's talked about today and I invite you to go to that website at misscheryl.com and grab your free ebook which is called setback to success 
Is a career in the beauty industry your answer to safety, sustainability, and job security? And you can tell by the people we've interviewed throughout this program the last while. That is a resounding yes all around. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so all the links can be found in our show notes. So once again, this is Cheryl Tebow, and I thank you for listening to The Walk of Life, Passion, Purpose, and People. We'd love you to subscribe, so hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star review, and we'll be grateful forever. So thanks again for joining me, and this is Cheryl signing off, and in the words of my little brother, bye for now. 